Welcome, everybody, to the JNR Basketball Podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Ronnie. And like you, we are preparing for our fantasy season. So let's jump right into it. Let's open up the fantasy mailbag. Ronnie, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So this first question is, when should you do your fantasy draft? Uh, in this particular case, the writer has a family league, and they want to do it this holiday weekend. I guess they're getting together for a barbecue, and the brother-in-law that's organizing it says, hey, we're all going to be here. Let's go ahead and do our fantasy football draft. We'll do our fantasy basketball draft, and we'll just get it done with. And everyone seems to be okay with it. While I'm okay with the football draft at this time, I'm not okay with the basketball draft. I think we should wait closer to the season. Um, and this goes exactly to what we talked about before, is that the best time to do your fantasy draft basketball draft is right before the season starts the season doesn't start until october uh, mid-october so doing it early september is definitely not the ideal time you have preseason you still have some trades that are potentially going to be worked out things are going to influence the way that the season looks from a fantasy perspective so i would push back and i would try to wait as long as you possibly could knowing what you know uh what are your thoughts on that ronnie there's a little time frame where it goes from the end of preseason to the regular season i think they have like three days of rest or something like that before the actual season starts. So like last game of preseason is when I would start it because that way, you know, all the injuries are done, you know, unless they injure themselves in practice. It's just a lot less likely. So right at the end of preseason. Yeah, I agree. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last podcast where find yourself a good fit. If everyone in your league is super competitive and you're not, you're not in the right league. In this case, it sounds like everyone is pretty casual and you're trying to make it more competitive than it actually needs to be. So it's maybe not a good fit for you. Now, it's a family league, so maybe you're obligated to to participate because it's family and that's okay. You can compete in that league and, and do the draft this weekend like everyone else wants to, but find yourself a more competitive league to help get those competitive juices is flowing and i totally understand because you're not getting that here uh the other thing i was going to say is that um maybe no one else wants to bring it up because this guy is kind of controlling so maybe you Mm -hmm. just mentioned hey is this a little bit early should we wait a little bit maybe middle of preseason end of preseason you're going to see more injuries you're going to see more trades you're going to see preseason bombs and and it's going to impact your draft strategy so um (laughs) it's always important to find the league that's a good fit for you and maybe this isn't a good fit for you, and that's okay. Participate, but find something that's a better fit for you, and let that be your primary league. This one be a casual. Right. Yeah, and I totally get where he's coming from, though. I mean, if you draft somebody on your team, and then they get traded to a different team, they could totally change things. If they get injured, then you you could be out for that guy that you... Maybe you picked him like first round, and now he's injured for the whole year, but if you just would have drafted a little later, then you wouldn't, wouldn't have wasted your first round draft pick on that guy. So, yeah, you, you have to wait if it's competitive, just like you're saying. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Andrew Luck retired in like the <laughs> yes. middle of a preseason game? Do you remember the video that OJ Simpson released saying, Andrew, what the heck? I drafted you. <laughs> now you're retiring? And all the jokes that were made about it. And everyone was saying like, oh, watch I your back. I don't remember the OJ video, but that's was, hilarious. You should look it up. It was it was exactly what it was. He was basically saying, <laughs> dressing yeah. down Andrew Luck and not telling him to watch his back, but... Andrew Luck should it's watch his back. funny you say that because I actually came across a video of OJ talking about how it was when the, all these women's rights came about, you know, with like, a, you know, aborting children and everything like that. He was like, women have the right to their bodies and what they decide. And it's like, really, OJ? Really? Because your wife didn't have that, that decision. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, OJ. What a character. Don't have OJ on your team. Regardless of what yeah. type of fantasy you're playing, don't have. Yeah, and he's OJ always on the golf course with his Twitter post. I heard too. He's, oh, what a Twitter world! <laughs> Just take it some time, and, you know. 
post something on Twitter. He's, he's a weird guy. Very interesting guy. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> so, in, in closing to this question, you should draft as late as you possibly can. However, go with the flow of the league that you're in. And if if it's not a competitive league, don't be the guy that messes up the family-friendly league. Don't be the person that's overly aggressive, overly competitive. Rise to the level of competition <laughs> that is in your family or that's in your league. And do the draft yep. this weekend and, and exactly. deal with it. All right. We have a Keeper League Keeper question League. Okay. for us. Let's see. It's looks like it's a Dynasty League. Standard points. You have three players to keep. They're choosing between Luca, Lamelo, De'Aaron Fox, Cade, or AD. Who are you keeping of those three? Well, I know you're just going to pick the youngest guys, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all you're, fairly young. You're gonna... There's not... One that's super old. You're, AD is kind of hurt a lot. Yeah, you're not going to pick him because he's old. And no, I'm not picking AD. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I think out of all the rest, I, I think Fox is probably the oldest. Maybe Luca. I'm not sure. I don't know who's older, Luca or Fox. But yeah, I didn't look at the ages. I wasn't really considering ages when I brought this up. Okay, good. So, but it's it is a keeper league, so it, it's tough. I mean, I would definitely pick Luca. I mean, he's got to be number one, and then yeah, Luke is a no-brainer for sure. Is it pick two? Pick three. Three. Okay, so I would go young then. I would go Cade because he's probably the youngest. So I would go like the best. I think Luke is the best, and then Cade, and then I might go with AD just because I don't want to play against him when he is healthy, you know. And I I think he's capable of putting up big points when he's on the court. yeah when he's on the court. I don't think you need to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play against him, and yeah, when he's on the court, that's all. Yeah, I struggled with this a little bit. AD was gone, never a contention. For me, it was between Lamelo and Fox, and mm -hmm. Luca and Cade, keeping them for sure. Lamelo and Fox is kind of where I went back and forth. I ultimately went with Fox because I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, I'm a fan of the Sacramento Kings. I think they have a shot to make the play-in game, moving up in the West from nine or 10 in the Western conference. And yeah. I think he's going to be a big part of that if they're able to do that. But I do think it's close between Fox and LaMelo, but ultimately okay. I, I went with Fox. Yeah. I, it's tough between those two guys too. So who would you pick between LaMelo and Fox out of those two? I picked Fox. You like him better? Okay. I ultimately with Fox. I liked him a little bit better. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like a toss up with those who has the better, you know, the, teammates right now you know and i think we talked about that in past podcasts i think it's fox right now yeah. he they're kind of building some good players around him so i don't think lamella really has that great of teammates not as good as fox right now so yeah i'd go with fox all right there you go so you did luca fox and ad no i would no, luca, yeah i would kade, still go AD. with the guys i said luca cade and ad for the keeper league but okay. out of those two lamella and fox i would pick fox okay so a little bit different there. I went with Luca Fox, Cade. You went with Luca, Cade, and AD. Yes. All right. Next question has to deal with sleepers. So this is a tough one because what is a sleeper? Everyone wants to know who the sleepers are, but how do you define a sleeper, Ronnie? Is it, is it somebody that's outside of the top 50? Is it somebody that's outside of the top 100? How do you define that? Not even that necessarily. A, a sleeper is more of just someone who's going to do better than their ADP by maybe like 
at least 10 spots, but hopefully 20 spots, okay. you know? So just wherever, wherever they're projected to be, and they're going to end up at the end of the year doing a lot better than where they're, they're projected. That's my definition of a sleeper. So 20 spots better, 10 to 20 spots better, or 10 or more spots better than their ADP. That is what you define as a sleeper. Yeah. And I know for other people, it's more like, you know, like you said, maybe someone below the top 50 or top 70, something like that. So I don't know. It kind of depends. I think we need to define this as we move. Maybe not right now. Ah, we could do it right now. We need to define what a sleeper looks like because I do want to do a sleeper of the week. And it's a little bit trickier once the league's underway. Then you have to pick somebody outside of the top 50 or a top 100 that's going to have a great week based off their matchups. So I don't know how that's going to look per week, but I agree with the draft. I was thinking someone that plays two rounds above where they're ultimately drafted. So 20, 24 picks higher or more. If you took somebody in the fifth round and they're putting up round three numbers, well, that's a sleeper. That's a successful sleeper pick. But basically, yeah, they just want to know who's who's projected to be you know kind of crappy, but who's going to end up being a lot better than they were. You know, who's right. who who's the sleeper? Who's who's sleeping? <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you have anyone that came into mind? I did. Yeah, the first person that came into my mind for me was Josh Giddy. Right now, depending on where you look, he's projected to go anywhere from fifty to a hundred, with an overall average of seventy-one in the ADP. I think with the Chet Holgram injury, he's going to be a threat, a triple-double threat almost every night. He's certainly going to be hovering around 20 points a game. He's going to improve. He's a young player that has a lot to learn, and I think you're going to see a potential breakout year. So I would say Josh Giddy is my sleeper. I don't know... I wouldn't take him in the fourth round. I'd maybe take him in the fifth round. I wouldn't stretch and go up higher than that. Anywhere, 54 to 96 is such a wide range. He's not going to be at 96, obviously. I would say if you can get him in the fifth fifth or sixth round, that's going to be a good pick. That's going to be a yeah. good value pick. The only one that really I really have a good feeling about is JaVale McGee. I think he would be a sleeper pick because he's projected to be so low and now he's going to be a starter for Dallas Mavericks and he has Luka passing to him. So I think he's going to take a a real big leap in the stats compared to what he did last year for the Suns when he was a backup. So I I kind of have a a feeling that he's sleeping around. So JaVale (laughs) McGee is slated to go, looking at the ADP, depending where you're looking, somewhere in the 10th round, potentially, Mm -hmm. as low as the 10th round. So do you wait to the 10th round? Well, I guess if it's a sleeper, you have to wait. You can't just reach up and grab him too early. Do you wait to the 9th round? Dallas doesn't really use a center a whole lot. They didn't last year, at least. They didn't really have a solid center. Right. That's the thing. So JaVale McGee is an improvement on those guys, but I just don't know if their style of play... Well, I mean, maybe. Luka's slow. It's slow style of play. It's not a fast play, fast-paced game for them. Yeah. I could see that being... Yeah, it's a good one, Ronnie. I, I wouldn't move up in the draft or anything. I wouldn't, like, try hard to get him or anything because he is such a sleeper, you know? Like, he might not do anything. We don't know yet, but um, I think if you're able to pick him up and maybe put him on your bench, I would definitely do that. And he, I think he would be a good, good center to replace a different center with on the off nights. So, yeah, keep him around, and I think he might surprise some people. I think he's definitely going to end up a lot higher than he's projected. Okay. I other one I wanted to talk about was Andrew Wiggins. I think we saw a little bit of this inner beast that Wiggins has during the playoff run. He is slated to go around the 
AD, which puts him in the seventh or eighth round. And I think he's going to outperform those predictions that slot quite a bit, especially with this Warriors team that can't tend to stay healthy. So if Steph goes down or Clay goes down, they're going to put more of a workload on Wiggins. And he's proven that he can handle that extra workload, that extra responsibility. So I would say he might be a good sleeper pick to keep your eye on if you can get him in the eighth round. I saw him down there too. And yeah, I, I almost said him, but I didn't because it's, it is kind of what you're saying. You are waiting for the other guys to get injured. You're almost counting on that to happen for him. But then again, he had some good games with those guys. So I don't know. I I, sure. I, I would go with that just because I almost picked him. But then I went further <laughs> down the list. I was like, oh, McGee, you know, like he's yeah. he's going to definitely be a sleeper compared to Wiggins, you know. But I think Wiggins definitely has some potential to, to move up some spots there. All right. Yeah, I agree. So one of the players I was looking at and I saw Kyle Lowry and he's ADP is 88, but I, I almost think that's too high for him. He was a shell of him for himself during that playoff run with the Heat. I know he was hurt, but he just looks out of shape, out of breath, out of gas, just ready to pack it in. Definitely on the final stretch of his career. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to improve what would you call <laughs> yeah. an anti-sleeper if you take him in the eighth round i think he's, you're gonna regret it he's very awake he, he yeah. drank a lot of coffee he's he's on a caffeine high and he's go. gonna fall yeah <laughs> so those are the sleepers that i came up with for fantasy basketball and everyone's trying to find the sleepers last year was the jante murray who just outperformed where his adp was so who's it going to be this year and that really makes the difference between a successful season and a disastrous season because as injuries start to mount up, you want to make sure you have these guys that are outperforming their draft spot. Yeah, you just kind of got to watch the news and look at some trade deals that might be happening. Like, for example, there's like Markeith Morris. He's he possibly actually he actually did do a deal with the Nets just recently. So like you look for things like that and then you hope to maybe get him before anyone else does. And then he ends up doing something good for you, you know, because he went to a better team. So you just got to. Look out for those types of things. Yeah, that's right. And be aware of injuries. Yep. Don't don't draft Chet Holgram unless you have a dynasty league. Otherwise, you're going to get no production from him this year because he's hurt. And maybe you could do that if you have a dynasty league and you want to grab him. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to do that sort of move. Yeah. So just make sure you're aware of what's going on. Don't be the guy that drafts somebody that just retired mm -hmm. or is out for the year because of an injury in preseason. And you sort of laugh at yeah. those not being up to date on that stuff. But don't be that guy. Yeah. Or like Pat Beverly. He was like another example. He wasn't happy that he went to Utah. So he's crying about it, and then he ended up getting traded to Lakers, you know? So it's like little things like that that you want to look for. Right, exactly. And you don't know what those little things are going to do, right. right? It's a snowball. So you make a trade, and that has an impact on the team's current roster. They move some other players around to fix that team chemistry or to adjust some some shortcomings that they have as a result of the trade. Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell was Mitchell. just traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's that going to do to their team? Colin Sexton is coming to Utah. What's that going to do to their team? And those are all things that need to be evaluated and considered uh, as you prep for your fantasy draft. All right, so the last question we had was, what is your draft strategy specifically for a categories league? What is the best draft strategy to have? And I feel like this is one of those questions, if you ask 100 different people this question, you're going to get 100 different answers. So it's really a lot of, I did this one year and it really, really worked, or so-and-so did this and it failed. So it's very anti anecdotal. 
So it's really, really hard to give just a solid strategy that's going to work. So I just wanted to give over a little overview of what my strategy is in a categories league because you can't go in thinking you're going to be able to be successful in every single category. It just doesn't work that way. So refresh my memory on what categories. That's like when you get like a top 10, like one person is going to score like one point, one person is going to score 10 points and like percentage per shooting, right? Sort of. So you're looking for a perfect team that's going to win all of those categories. You want to have the most top players for all of those categories, but it's really impossible to build that goal, build that team that's going to win every single category. So So you have to to kind of a strategy of who are you going to get in the first round? Let that sort of determine and define what categories you want to dominate and, and lead in. So, for example, if you win the lottery and you have the first pick overall and you pick Jokic, his field goal percentage, his rebounds, his assists, all elite, even his points scored is, is above average. So if you draft him, then you – for your second round pick, you have to start looking at players – that are going to complement those categories that he's he's elite in. So you have to look at all of that and, and build your team's profile based off of those categories that your first round pick dominates in. What you don't want to do is try to mix it up. So Jokic is not great at three point made and he has high turnovers. So let me pick somebody that's going to have, you know, high three points made. And I'm going to pick, let's say, Jason Tatum in the second round. Well, now your field goal percentage is going to drop because he doesn't have a high field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. His turnovers are still high. And you had great assists and great rebounds with Jokic. And now those all are going to drop down because you drafted Jason Tatum. So instead, look at somebody like DeJounte Murray, who has great assist numbers and great steal numbers and above average points. And that's going to complement and build that profile for your team. So you know you'll always be competing for those few categories that you're targeting. And then as the season goes on, make minor adjustments to close the gap. You know, I'm seventh in three points made, but maybe I pick up, I don't know, Clay Thompson uh, or get a trade for Clay Thompson. And he's coming back and you know, now that's going to increase your three points made so you can move up a little bit. So you can make little tweaks, but you kind of have to take what the board gives you and come up with that profile based off the players that are available. Yeah. Obviously, if you draft Steph Curry in the first round, his profile's a lot different than what Jokic has looked like in the first round pick. So it's the strategy that I use and you have to kind of give and take. You you can't take the other categories, but you have to prioritize which ones your your top right. draft picks are top tier in based off the players that are available and build your team with that in mind. Right. It's your team effort, you know, it's the team overall. So it's yeah, that's tough, man. I think my strategy this year, I, I hate to say this out loud because I know I'm gonna play against you, but my strategy is gonna be I'm gonna pick whatever position there is the most of. Like I know a lot of um a lot of leagues still have a lot of centers and a lot of big players, you know, so I'll, I'll probably go for those players first over my point guards, but like over the smaller players. But then I think that might hurt me too, because then I'm left with like crappy point guards that are going to turn it over, you know, so I don't know if that's a good strategy or not, but I will pick the some of the best centers that have like a good field goal percentage and don't turn it over. So I don't know. I, I think it just kind of falls back to what I've said before about whatever's left on the draft board. It kind of depends on how you're, your whole fantasy draft is drafting, you know, like whatever is left, you got to pick the best of that group. So it's, it's hard to go in with a strategy 
But then you see like a really good player on the board and you pick him and it screws up your strategy too, you know? So I just say like pick whatever's out there and just, uh, you know, build your team off of that, you know? Right. And it's different for a points league versus a categories league because you don't need the same profile as a points league. At the end of the day, in a points league, you need to score points. Yeah. So I'm going to get points and assists and rebounds through this player and you know you can sort of build a team up that way where with categories you don't really have the ability to do that you have to find someone that hits the category that you've prioritized over you know other categories and that's just the way the cookie crumbles you can't win all the categories yeah so you you have to figure out which ones are important to you and which players are going to contribute to that but i also agree with you don't reach just because a player isn't right for your strategy in the third round doesn't mean you should take somebody that's you know going to be in the fourth or fifth round well, just because he fits your profile yeah don't reach because you're trying to do a certain strategy right when should you reach ronnie <laughs> i thought that's what you're going to go with <laughs> you shouldn't reach it reaching is bad that's gonna hurt you um no don't reach unless you find a, a sleeper and still like do you want to reach for that sleeper you know like you're probably going to leave some good players on the board i i'd say you don't want to reach don't ever reach the problem with reaching for a sleeper is that he's he's a sleeper for a reason. You call him for a, a sleeper, so by definition, you should be yeah. draft drafting him later than, <laughs> right? than what he should be projected at. So you draft him in the fifth round, he's giving you third-round performance numbers, which essentially means you have two third-round picks, which is great. You're getting peak performance, but not everyone's going to always perform at the level that you want them to. So you're going to draft somebody in the fourth, but they're going to perform as somebody in the seventh, yeah. right? It happens. It, it, there's no avoiding it that. Does get... So for a categories league, I would say have a strategy in mind and build players around that strategy, but but you're probably going to have to adjust based on what the board gives you. Mm-hmm. It does get kind of scary, though, when you have these players in mind and then you kind of see them kind of come up the board a little bit and then you're like 10 picks away and you kind of see them there at like number 10 or 11. You're like, crap, if I don't pick right now, then what if somebody else has like the same thoughts I have and one of these people in this room is going to get him? Like you, you're probably going to go for Javel McGee because I told you about Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know what I mean? Like if I'm 10 picks away and you're like the eighth pick i'm like all right well jonathan sees mcgee now i know he has him in his head so yeah. i better <laughs> pick him now otherwise i won't get him so that's reacting versus being proactive right? yeah that's just so kind of like it's tough to do you got to do it though you yeah. start to panic that's kind of my definition of reaching sometimes i'll look like i'm reaching because i have a certain guy in mind but i just think he's better than what's on the board too you know so right So that's going to be it for the fantasy mailbag. So let's close up the mailbag. If you have a question for us, send us a tweet, send us a voicemail or a text at the JNR fan line or on our Twitter accounts and let us know what your question is. And we'll answer it here on the podcast and we'll talk about it and hopefully help you guys help you out, hopefully help you win your league. And we'll go from there. So thanks for, thanks you for sending in the questions. So let's switch gears and talk about a points league. And I wanted to talk about, for, again, from a points league perspective, and talk about centers. Now, Ronnie, you mentioned centers. It is one of the toughest positions to draft for because there's such a huge drop-off in production and talent after the first-round players. So yeah. I kind of went through and looked at the centers in each of the rounds, the projected rounds, and looked at their production points per game. And it really is just astounding, that production drop-off. So 
the first round players, they're averaging over 50 points per game versus the third round guys who are going to bring in around 35 to 38 points per game. So you're looking at, you know, 15 <laughs> to 20 points between the first and third round centers there. So I kind of wanted to go through that and talk about the top tier centers. And according to the ADPs, those guys are going to be Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and Anthony Davis. All of those guys are projected to go in the first round. Do you think any of those are reaches or all of those guys belong there? No, that's not reaching at all. That's just, those, those are like the first guys. Those are the guys that you need to get, you know? Absolutely. It's, like I said, they're going to average over 50 points per game based off the scoring that your league has set up. The second round, you have a huge drop-off already. You're going to drop off about 10 points. It's going to be about 40 points per game. But as you start to get to lower rounds, you know they really drop off even more. So you're going to have Sabanis, Bam, Carl Anthony Siakam. Towns and Pascal Siakam are all your <laughs> second round centers. Uh, like I said, they're going to average 40-ish points per game, a drop off of 10 to 15 below from the first round, guys. So this, this is the second it, round. What, what kind of scoring is this? This is, I believe it's Yahoo standard scoring. Oh, okay. I'm surprised to see him. See, see, oh, yeah, he's 18 on my list. So I was kind of scoring. Oh, yeah, okay, 18th second scoring. round. Yeah, we're we're organized by centers. Gotcha. Okay, so, so yeah. So the second round guys is where you start to get yourself into trouble and start to get panicky. So let's say maybe you're the tenth pick overall, you're in the first round, and you see all of these top tier centers go off the board, and now you're sitting there at number ten and you're worried that you're not gonna get a good center. Do you go down and pick someone that's normally a second round guy and grab them? Or do you stick to your strategy and say, no, no, I'm going to grab a guard. I'm going to get a guard in the first round, unless one of those top tier centers were there in the first round. This is where you can get yourself into trouble right. and say, Oh, I need a center. Uh, I'm going to grab Bam Adebayo and I'm going to take him at number 10, even though Bam is not a first round talent point sort of guy. Now you're getting yourself into trouble. You're reaching and it's going to hurt you in the long mm -hmm. run. You got to be disciplined. Yeah, see, I'm looking on the ESPN list, and they have the centers. There's like one through five, or almost, where they're mostly centers. And then the 15th pick is a center. So you got like 10 picks between there. They're all like point guards and shooting forwards. And so, yeah, you're if you're number 10, you're definitely not going to get one of those top centers. Yeah, definitely and then, not. Yeah, and then your next choice is Nikola Vucevic. Uh, I can't even say his last name. Vucevic. And you're like, am I going to, that's going to be my first pick as a center, my yeah. first pick in the draft. Ugh. So yeah, you got to don't get yourself in trouble and do something like that. So what I want to do is just kind of talk about who I think the best centers are by round. And obviously the top one is Jokic, but you also have some good company in the first mm -hmm. round. Round two, we talked about those guys already. Round three, it gets a little bit thinner. There's not a big difference between round three, four, and five. So keep that in mind, points-wise, at least I feel. So you mentioned... Vukic, Vukovic, I'm not sure how to say it. You also have Rudy Gobert in the third round. Those guys are definitely the next tier, but the difference between, like I said, round three and four is very, very thin. Not a big difference between yeah. those guys. So you got to be disciplined. If they're not there in round three, wait till round four and draft Evan Mobley in the fourth round. Or another name I can't pronounce, Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis. Just say that. We don't say his first name. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Porzingis or Mobley, right? Those are the fourth round guys. The fifth round is really, if you can't go into the top guys, the fifth round is where I think you should then wait to get your center. So the first round, 
if you have a 10th pick, you're not going to get those top tier guys. Maybe with your second round pick, you can get some of those second tier guys. Mm -hmm. If you don't, I would suggest not drafting a center until the fifth round where you have a lot more talent that's not yeah. that big of a difference between round three. So you have Jared Allen, you have DeAndre Ayton, uh, yep. you have Robert Williams, uh, you have Jose Valenzunas, you have Bamba, uh, Miles list. Turner. Mobamba? Okay. I don't have Mobamba on my I'm list. On, I'm on the ESPN one, so yeah, okay. mine's going to be a little different. So the fifth round... To look at the average points based off projections, the guys in the fifth round are going to get you 35 points per game. The guys in the third and fourth rounds are going to be 37 points. So those two points are not worth reaching up and grabbing one of these guys right. in the third or fourth round. So don't panic. Stick to where you think their value is and load up on other players. Load up on talent. And ultimately, if you take the best player available – or some of the best players available, uh, to, you know, it's a points league. Stick to your slots are you have really solid trade bait should yes. somebody have a center, have uh, extra centers, or maybe Carl Anthony Towns gets hurt. Well, now you have DeAndre Ayton, and you have Robert Williams in the sixth round because he fell. Now you're sitting pretty. You can start trading um, some of those guys by sticking to your plan. Yes, that trade bait is, you took that word right out of my mouth because I was thinking the same thing. I know that you're a Suns fan, so I know that you're going to trade, you're going to go for Aiton. I'm going to try to get him and use him as trade bait later on to get the player I actually wanted. Or I might get some other Suns player like Chris Paul or Booker, you know, maybe use him as trade yeah, bait because it. you're a Suns fan. I know fan. you're going to draft Bismarck Biombo so, in the fourth round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's mine. But yeah, if so, know who you're going against. You know, if you're going up against your friends, you know who their favorite players are. You better get them because you're going to be able to use you them as trade You assume that I have a heart and that I would care about the home team players. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I I will draft whoever is the best for my team and then root for my my home team to lose if it helps my yeah. fantasy team. The sixth and seventh <laughs> rounds are kind of thin as far as center talent goes. You have Jerry Jackson Jr. Yeah, John are. Collins in the sixth round. I didn't have anybody in the seventh round. It was really kind of a big step down. Round eight, eight, nine, and ten are all within two points of each other. So this is where you're starting to look at your backups. Mm -hmm. You don't need to force anything if you can wait. If you can't get the guys you want, you know, take Draymond Green in the eighth round. He's going to be solid. Take Bobby Portis in the ninth round. Uh, Javagel McGee, as Ronnie mentioned, is, is slated to go in the 10th round. That could be a very solid pick if what Ronnie predicts comes to fruition and he gets used there in Dallas. You have Al Horford yeah. and Steven Adams, Jalen Smith, all in the 10th round, averaging about 27 points per game. Al Horford, mm -hmm. jumping about him, he's in the 10th so round. I think that's another potential potential sleeper pick. Robert Williams is obviously the guy, the man in center in Boston, but Al Horford is the leader, veteran voice. If you know Rob Williams struggles, you're going to see more minutes out of Al Horford, and he's a good, solid player to have in the game and on your bench. And if you can pick him up at round ten, you know he's has a lot of potential. If Robert Williams is hurt, right, you could you could trade for him, trade him away. He's going to get a lot of playing time. So those are all things that you need to consider. Yeah. And you, you know, you're nailing it. I don't have much to add on to it because you're, you said it perfectly. Uh, the other one that I thought the 10th round, I'm a fan, the sixth rounds loaded. I'm sorry. The fifth rounds loaded. The 10th rounds loaded. 
Al Horford, Stephen Adams, like I said, those guys are solid veterans that are going to help your team, especially as a backup. Uh, they should still be there in the 10th round. Don't panic. Don't don't pull them in the 7th round when there's not a lot of good center. So if you see other players, other teammates panic and start to draft those guys in the 7th round, take advantage of that. Take advantage of your opponent's mistakes. That's really the best thing you can do in fantasy yeah. sports. I think in these rounds, you're starting to look at bench players too, you know, bench yeah, centers. Absolutely. So yep. who's going to... Maybe you pick up like Anthony Davis's replacement, you know, someone who's injury prone, you know, pick someone up like that. So at least they're going to get playing time when that player gets injured, possibly, you know, or yeah, you for could, sure. there's um like Aiton's backup, you know, Biombo, like we were just talking about, he would probably be someone I pick up. Someone who, a center, think of centers that don't play that many minutes who aren't going to be on the floor that, that much because they just can't last. So you got to look at those guys too. Absolutely. Round 11 and 12, you're getting really thin here. You know, you have Mitchell Robinson, Andre Drummond, Thomas Bryant. These guys are not starters in the league. Mm -hmm. They're going to average 23, 24 points per game. So they're going to fill out your roster, but you could see the drop off pretty fast after the first round. Yep. You know, first round elite centers, second round above average, three, four, five, very, very similar there. You have another big drop-off, 8, 9, 10. All of those guys are going to be pretty close together. So don't panic if the guy that you're looking for isn't there, if somebody else takes him. Stick to your evaluation, stick to your rankings, and take advantage of other people's mistakes. Take advantage of those Man, guys panicking. I see, I, on my list, it has Zion Williamson at, at 146, and then JaVale McGee at 151. They're right next to each other. That's crazy. There's no way. Yeah, Zion, there's a lot of unknown, but that seems weird. I guess, but geez, that's crazy. Like to have them next to each other, like Zion's going to be way so, better than him. The one I'm looking at Jadil. has Zion as as 35, 35, 36. So you you must be looking at an old one. Okay. Yeah, that so seems maybe a little bit more realistic. Mine must be from two thousand, um, from twenty one, twenty two. Then. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that makes more sense. So that's going to do it for us tonight. That is the fantasy show. If you have any fantasy questions, please email us. Please shoot us a message. Next week, we're going to start looking at guards. Guards in the fantasy draft. And we're going to go guards by round. And tune in if you have uh, want to hear our opinion on that. So thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.